about the timing of it, but I, I feel like I feel like we're supposed to do it. You just prayed for strength. God just gave you strength, so it's it is because of what you've been doing and laboring, but also because the Lord needs you to to do something here right now for a minute. Now I understand why I didn't come here with uh, a plan to pray for the leaders and all that. I was just standing over there and I literally standing there and it's like I saw Brother Ellenberger in my spirit so strong and I knew what the Lord, I just could feel it. The Lord said, pray for them. Pray for these daughter work leaders, these Oikos leaders. But there's something we need to address in the spirit before we go forward. Um, and I, I, I need us to really to exercise some authority in the spirit. We're not going to do this for a super long time. But you have authority in the spirit. And unless you're living under a rock, <laughs> unless you're living under a rock, you have a pretty good idea what's going on in the atmosphere. There was a time when I was a youth pastor where we started doing prayer walks around the high schools and um, you could be seated if you want to If I don't want you to get worn out Mike you can stay up there for a few more minutes if you don't mind did an awesome job thank you brother for leading us into worship um, there was a I do, I do believe I have something to share with you guys but I have to just follow the Holy Ghost <clears throat> we were planning to take dominion and see P7s which is basically campus ministry for high schools started in our in our high schools in our schools across the county and there's a particular high school very close to here it's not hard to figure out where we wanted to start one of these P7 clubs and um, so we did a prayer walk we actually did prayer walks around different high schools around the area um, I think there was three or four schools that we did prayer walks around. And we did a seven-day prayer march. We prayed. We took authority. We took dominion. We believed God was going to give us a harvest of souls in these schools. And uh, <clears throat> about two or three days after the, the prayer march in one of our high schools very close to here, I got a phone call about a lockdown. <clears throat> And um, long story short, I began to find out what actually happened. And it was quite astounding. What happened was there was a young man that was walking around the high school acting a little weird. This was, mind you, three days after our prayer walk. Probably the next school day. I think it might have been the next school day after the prayer walk. But we finished, I think, on a Friday. I don't really remember, but it was within a few days. And this young man was acting weird, and this is in the paper. This is in the paper, the story. It's not just hearsay. <clears throat> but he, uh, directly from the source, he was acting weird, walking around, and a school administrator saw him and just thought, man, what are you doing? Like, everyone else is in class, and you're just kind of wandering. He said, why don't, why don't we take you to the principal's office? So they took this young man to the principal's office and the principal sat him down in the principal's office and had a conversation with him and was like, are you okay? And he kept asking him questions. And the kid acted completely normal. <clears throat> and the principal said in the newspaper, 
word for word, he said this. He said, I was about to let him go, but there was a voice in my head that said, check his backpack. He said, young man, give me your backpack. Gave him his backpack, opened it up, and there was a weapon, a gun. The young man was expelled, and the school was fine. The school was safe. This is my point. We're stepping into a time of spiritual authority. I said we're... We're stepping into a time of spiritual authority. The church, it's time for the church to open up their mouth and command things in the spirit. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Jesus spoke to the fig tree and he said, I command that there be figs on this no more. And immediately from the roots, it stopped. It dried up. He spoke to it and there was figs no more. We talk all about Elijah prayed and the rain came. But you know what Elijah prayed before that? He commanded there would be no rain. We shout and dance over the fact that he loosed a miracle, the miraculous, that brought rain and brought provision, brought, but we forget about the fact that God told him to speak some specific things into existence. What am I trying to say? My point is, there are things happening in the atmosphere that you have authority over. And if you don't open your mouth and you don't speak, you'll see the consequences of not speaking. You have authority in your community to speak and to command there be a hedge of protection that the angels of the Lord would be loosed. I feel an authority on me right now. You have authority to speak over that school and say in the name of the Lord. Do you you believe this or not? Do you believe you have authority or not? Do you believe that God gave you the Holy Ghost to warm a pew or to activate and operate spiritual authority and power? Your business can be safe if you'd open your mouth. The battle is not flesh and blood, but it's principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness in high places. Rulers of darkness of this world is what we're dealing with. The church has got to open up their mouth in this hour or we're going to pay for it. I I wish I could say it stronger than I feel that so strong in my spirit. If you're not speaking things right now, you better start speaking some things. Because you have got authority. In Egypt, yes, the Israelites 
were under bondage for a certain amount of time but at the appointed time God began to show forth his power where for a while those Israelites looked like everybody else they looked like the common Egyptians they looked like the others in the surrounding nations but there came a time and there came on a moment where God said now is the time for me to get glory and to show forth my power I'm telling you in the Holy Ghost we are stepping into the time of the church we are at the precipice of the sons of God standing up with spiritual authority where it's not you just looking like everybody else but you're speaking things and God's responding to it I'm telling you, we have got to be speaking. It doesn't matter. You don't feel goosebumps from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. The worlds were framed by the spoken word of God. And if you can just start speaking his word, start with speaking his written word, his logos. The angels of the Lord encamp around about them that fear him. Start speaking that. Start speaking that the angels, they're going to protect you. Start speaking that he's a strong tower and the righteous run into it and they are safe. You need to start speaking with authority what the Logos has already written and what's already been put in front of you. And as you start speaking that, God will start giving you other things to start speaking, start loosing, start releasing. We have the authority. My God. We have the authority that when we begin to pray and we begin to speak, that there will be things loose in the spirit for this city, this community, this county, your business place, your school, you have that authority. And now's the time to exercise it. There wasn't as high of a price before. At least it didn't seem that way. Souls were still going to hell. Souls were still going to hell. That was a pretty high price. But now the price is going to become a lot more evident if the church doesn't open up their mouth. I'm not talking about protesting. I'm talking about praying. I'm talking about speaking with authority into the spiritual atmosphere. If you believe this, I, I felt I've been feeling this on me all day. All day, I have been feeling this on me that we as a church have got to speak some things right now into the atmosphere for your community. There are things that you can speak and there will literally be plans thwarted by the power of God. There will be things that you loosen to the atmosphere where it literally will hinder somebody from producing violence. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God. Mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, the casting down of imaginations. You have that authority. And we need to exercise it, not just talk about it right now. Because right now, I'm telling you, I, I feel it so strong in the Holy Ghost. We are at a time where there's about to be a difference. There's about to be a distinction between the people of God and just other people. 
They had to endure those plagues for a season. But there came a moment where God said, okay, that's enough. I'm going to show forth my power and I'm going to show forth a difference between you and them. And we are getting ready to step into that time. But God's looking for people to actually believe that, speak it, and expect it. I can't tell you how many crazy testimonies I'm reading about, experiencing personally, hearing about from other people. People are having dreams. I read a, a story last week. A guy had a dream about the rapture and ran to the closest church and got baptized. I mean, God is doing such a great work. I'm talking about I'm going to the 7-Eleven, getting a Slurpee, and all of a sudden I'm running into somebody that's so hungry. And, and, and it's just God is opening doors. But are you looking for it? Are you expecting it? Are you speaking it? Because because God will position you if you can get yourself right in hearing and listening and speaking. If you open your mouth, God will open the door. I told you I got something to teach, I believe, but this is the will of God right now for us to take care of this. Can we all stand? I want us to right now begin to pray. And I want you to begin to speak over your community. I want you to speak over your family. I want you to speak protection. I want you to loose the authority of the name of Jesus. I want you to loose and say, God, by the authority of the name of Jesus Christ, I pray and command in the name of Jesus that every every evil intention, every plot would be, would be thwarted in the name of Jesus Christ in this region, in our communities, in our schools. Come on, use your authority right now by the power that's in the name and by the authority that's in the name of Jesus Christ. Exercise it right now. God, we lose your dominion. God, we lose your authority. Lord, thwart every plan of the enemy. Thwart every act of violence. Lord, protect your people. Protect the lost so they can hear the gospel. Come on, speak it with faith right now. Speak it over the schools. If you're operating in fear, you're missing my whole point. You got to walk by faith. You got to speak by faith. We're not walking by fear. We are exercising authority because there's nothing to fear. We're exercising authority because there's nothing to fear. Perfect love casteth out all fear. Speak to the mountain. Speak to the mountain of your community. Speak to the mountain of your workplace. Speak to the mountain of your school. Command it be protected. Command God's angels would be loosened to that region. Command eyes would be open. God's will would be done. Speak. Speak. Release. Command. Come on, this isn't a patty cake and prayer moment. This is an authoritative moment. This is a power moment. This is walking in the Spirit and exercising what's rightfully yours as a son and daughter of God right now. Come on, step into sonship. Step into authority and speak with authority. Come 
on. God can do the miraculous while you speak. God can lose angels while you're speaking. God can begin to shift things in the spirit while you speak to the mountain, while you speak to the atmosphere. Come on, you've got power over the prince and power of the air. God's given you dominion. Exercise it. Exercise it. Exercise it. Speak it over your oikos group. Speak it over your daughter work group. Speak it over the areas that you'll be walking tomorrow. Yeah, God's going to lose his power in this city. He's going to lose his power in this region. He's going to lose so forth his glory. He's going to exercise his strength. He's a mighty God. He's got all authority, all power, all dominion in heaven and in earth. Exercise it. Expect it. expected that God will shift things. God will uncover things. The things that are in darkness will be brought to the light. The things that are hidden will be exposed. The plans of any enemy, of any violence will be thwarted in the name of Jesus Christ. He has all authority and all power. The angels, that's it. The angels of the Lord, they encamp around about you. If you fear him and you speak without authority. Oh God, we lose dreams to these people. We lose dreams to these people that you'd wake them up in the night. Lord, that you'd reveal yourself to these people. Release yourself to the religious. Allow them to see that you're real. Allow them to see that you're the mighty God in Christ. Open their eyes. God, we remove blindness. We remove and take authority over anger and violence. We take dominion over every attack, every spirit that would try to oppose your will. In the name of Jesus Christ, by the authority of your word, by the power that is in your name, We believe and we trust that you are truly a strong tower. We truly trust that our help comes from you. We truly trust, God, that the righteous can run into it and they are safe. God, we trust. We trust you. Your will be done here in Annapolis as it is in heaven. Your will be done in this county, in this region as it is in heaven. Your will be done, God, in the state as it is in heaven. In the name of Jesus Christ, your will be done, God. Your will be done. Your name be glorified. Your name be exercised. Your name be high and lifted up in the name of Jesus Christ. He ke le mo shanda rebe he yo kanda rebe kanda hataba he ke ne reba shine ete he come on I feel our help coming on right now I feel the angels of the Lord being loose right now I feel the ministering spirits being sent forth speak it 
receive it release it in Jesus name come on they're being loose ministering spirits are being loose I feel our help being loose right now speak to the east the north the south and the west speak to the region and loose the help of the lord right now my god he como shanda rebehete yo kamashite rebehe come on push for just another moment there's something there is something significant being activated in this atmosphere there is something being activated and released there is something being activated right now i feel the mighty hand of the lord i feel the mighty hand of the lord i feel his ministering spirits i feel the angels of god i feel the lord of hosts in this place i feel the lord of hosts in this place my God, I feel the Lord of hosts. I feel the Lord of hosts. Come on, loose them in this place. Loose those angels in this place. Come on, pray for the Muslims, pray for the Jews, pray for the Christians, pray for all people right now that God would be loose, Hatabahata. That God would be loose, Hatabahata. Come on, you're moving mountains. Angels are being activated. They're operating. They're already going into towns. They're already going into cities. Plots are already being thwarted. Things are already being torn down. Strongholds are being broken. Hatabaha. My God. My God, my God, my God, hata rebe, yoto reme, hokanda reme, hataba haka, hele motore behe. Come on, let your prayer shift, not just for this region, but let your prayer shift even for this country and for the globe as God leads you. Let your prayer shift where you're loosing things in the spirit right now. Well, now we're not just praying for here. We're praying for everywhere. We're, we're going to be conduits right now for God's spirit to flow. Be a conduit. Loose the angels of the Lord. 
Say, God, I loose them to the other side of the earth. I loose them to the other regions, God. Lord, visit them in the night, God. Change their heart, God. Change their desire to not want to harm. They're not want to hurt people. God, that they fear and the anger would just begin to melt from their mind. It melt from their spirit, but their desires would be shifted. Their desires would be changed that the love of God would be loose in this region. It'd be loose in this country. It'd be loose around the world, the love of God. Yeah, you've got power. You've got power. God's power flowing through you. God's authority flowing through you. It's shifting atmospheres. It's changing people's minds. It's loosing the dominion of the name. It's breaking chains. God, that your name would be glorified. God, that you'd show forth your strength. That you'd show forth your mighty hand. That you'd show forth your dominion, your supernatural works, God. Mighty God, mighty God. Oh, yeah, mende le mondo remeshi, baby. Just loose it, loose it, loose it. Something significant has happened in this place. Something significant has happened in this place. God's loose forth his power. He's loose forth his dominion. Come on, that's it. Begin to thank him for it. Begin to begin to give him glory for it. Begin to give him glory for it. Come on, if you believe that, sing that to the Lord right now. If you believe he's pushing back the darkness, if you believe that the light of the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ is going to shine in their hearts. Come on, this is how we're going to thank God and glorify him for what he's just loosed in this place. Come on, sing that to the Lord right now. God is fighting for us. Sing it to the Lord in thanksgiving. Sing that to him with expectation, sealing what you just prayed, what you just loose, what you release into the atmosphere. The enemy's defeated. Come on, we're going to shout it out. God is fighting for us. Yes, he's pushing back the darkness. 
Come on, God is fighting for you. He's fighting for us. God is doing a work in these last days. We are not in the worst of times, but we're in the greatest of times. time God is fighting for us come on one more time he's pushing back the darkness Christ is Lord. Shout his name. shout of praise seal what he has done in this place with a mighty shout seal it seal it seal it shout to the Lord with a voice of triumph if you believe that he has released himself in the earth hallelujah come on shout out to the Lord clap your hands all ye people and shout with the voice of triumph. Come on, what you feel is victory. What you feel is victory. What you feel is victory. God is in control. God has all dominion. He's got all authority and power. That is victory in the name of Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, you're worthy, God. You're victorious. You're the Lord, my banner. You've got all power. We give you glory. We give you praise. Praise God. Praise God. My God, I feel victory in this house. Hallelujah. 
not just for this moment, but it's also for when you go home and you keep speaking and you keep releasing, you keep believing. As you're driving in the car, you keep speaking, you keep releasing, you keep believing. When you get to work, you keep speaking, you keep believing, you keep releasing in the name of Jesus and God is going to do it. While we are in this mode of victory, I've got some praise reports to share with you from one of our campus ministers. I got this text from Brother Matthew Lewis. He said, hey, Brother Mike, I just wanted to give you a rundown of this week. We've had six different Bible studies happen this week. A total of 11 guests in those Bible studies. The whole team has been a part of at least one Bible study. We had nine guests not first time, in our weekly meeting yesterday. They're having constantly guests. God is moving. God is releasing. There are people in Bible studies. There are people who are hungry. Do not let the world try to convince you that God is dead. Don't let the, don't let the news tell you that you need to be afraid. No, right now is the time for you to stand up with boldness and power, and God will back you up in the Holy Ghost. I received this text from uh, Brother Stephen Fox, who is uh, the leader of the UMD Campus Ministry. Now, he said, this was just Tuesday night. There was a powerful presence of God in the room. I began to teach from Acts 2 and Acts 10, talking about the day of Pentecost, Joel's prophecy in Cornelius. I taught for about 15 minutes, and a few of us felt like we should go back into a time of worship and pray for people while worship was happening. None of the students made much of an effort. After a few minutes, I felt prompted of the Holy Ghost to tell them not to let these moments in the presence of God pass them by because you never know when it's your last chance. I dismissed everyone, and after a few minutes, one of the students came up to me and said she wanted us to pray for her to receive the Holy Ghost. I began to show her Acts chapter 2 again, and shortly after that, her two friends right there we're also wanting to receive the Holy Ghost. We prayed for the group of girls, and two of them received the Holy Ghost instantaneously, including the first one who came up to me. Then another young man wanted to receive the Holy Ghost, so we prayed for him, and a girl from the first group that hadn't received it yet also received it. All four of them received the gift of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues. The joy of the Lord was so strong in that place. People were shouting and worshiping. Soon we will baptize the young men and hopefully three young ladies in the name of Jesus Christ. I wish you'd rejoice. People are being filled with the Holy Ghost. God's not dead. He's releasing his power. Victories in this house. Victories in this house. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. These were young men and women of God laying hands themselves and praying with people. They were getting the Holy Ghost. Things were happening. You see, the time is now more than ever for us to be bold and to expect divine visitation walk into 7-Eleven, don't just think about your coffee. Think about, Lord, if there's somebody hungry here, open a door and I'll walk through it. 
Lord, as I'm going to work and I'm working with these co-workers, God, if there's anybody hungry, open a door. There are so many divine appointments that are about to fall into your lap. I speak it in Jesus' name. I feel it in the Holy Ghost. Divine appointments are going to fall into your lap. But if you are not aware of the appointment, you're not going to show up and you're not going to walk through the door. But he's about to drop them in your lap. Doors are going to just fling open. Doors are going to just fling open. People are going to start saying, man, I'm so scared. I'm so afraid. I don't know what to do. Man, I need to get back to church. I, I, I don't, I, I'm, I'm so scared. I'm afraid of what's going on in the world. Other people say, man, I'm so depressed. I feel like there's no hope. You realize that the spirit of hopelessness wants people to take their life. But God is looking for us to surrender our life. So when somebody's actually on the brink of the, end, of the end of themselves, could be the most opportune moment for them to receive the Holy Ghost and get saved because they're coming to the end of themselves. The enemy comes in and perverts and says, because you're so horrible and all these things, why don't you just take your life and kill yourself? That could be a moment where we step in and say, no, 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 no. I know you feel broken. I know you feel lost. I know you hate yourself. And I know you, you're coming to the end of yourself. That's good. You need to be born again. And when you get born again, you become a new creature. And God does a new work in you. We start speaking like that to people because there's going to be divine appointments and open doors. Don't shy away from the doors that are going to be open to you. In Jesus' name. It's so easy for the church when Jesus went up to heaven, <clears throat> when he resurrected, he found the disciples hiding because they were afraid. Jesus said, No, 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 don't be afraid. You're stepping into the greatest time. Don't be afraid. Don't don't hide in your in your kitchen. Don't hide in your closet. Don't hide right now because I'm about to pour out power. I'm about to release supernatural demonstration and I need you to be at the forefront. I need you to get, to be prepared and be ready. You cannot just hide right here in fear but you got to step out in faith and he will back you. The Lord is trying to speak to his people and trying to tell us do not be shut up in a closet and hidden and hiding from what the Lord wants to do. There's times to be in a prayer closet and pray and loose stuff, but you can't just sit and pray and loose stuff all day. You got to actually go out there and let him loose it through you. <laughs> it takes speaking and obedience. Speaking through prayer is what and that's what breaks up the fallow ground. That's what opens up the door, but then somebody's got to walk through the door. Prayer is with the Lord going before you and the Lord preparing the way, but then somebody's got to walk on that path to be the vessel. The Ethiopian eunuch never would have heard the word if Philip didn't obey the Lord when he said, go, go down to that strip. I want you to walk down that way. And as he was walking, the Lord said, now join yourself to that chariot. A man that brought the gospel to an entire nation was simply because a spirit-led evangelism while he's going down the road because the Lord told him to go. He didn't just stay, he didn't just stay locked up in his prayer room all day. He would pray and he went. 
And when he went, the Lord did miracles, signs, wonders were following. I really thought I had something else to share here, but I just can't get away from what the Lord's having me speak right now. If you would open your mouth in the prayer, God would open the door. The scripture says that death and life is in the power of the tongue. The kingdom of God operates through the spoken word. That's how it operates. It's through the spoken word. And God needs his people more than ever to speak life. Oh, Lord, I guess I am going to have to speak. I'm not going to go long, but I'm going to talk about what I feel to talk about. Brother Mike, thank you so much. We just flowed right into it. I I thought we wouldn't have time, but I'm just not going to go long. I'm going to keep it quick. Thank you, Brother Mike. You did an awesome job. I'm going to teach... Uh, I'm not going to take a lot of time on this, but I do feel like God has put something in my spirit to share with you guys. Aside from all the things we discuss, but <clears throat> Psalm chapter one, one through six says this. Blessed is the man that walketh. Let me hear you say walketh. Not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth. Let me hear you say standeth nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth, let me hear you say sitteth, in the seat of the scornful. When you look at the Hebrew word for scorn, scorner, scornful, literally in in the Hebrew, the ancient Hebrew, it means tongue of trouble. Scorner, is a tongue of trouble. We're totally shifting gears now. Is that all right? That's what the Lord is wanting me to talk about for a minute. I want to talk to you about the spirit of criticism. I was, there's an individual not a part of this church, so don't even start trying to figure out who it is, because not here, so. Um, But there's an individual one time, I went and I hugged their neck, gave them a hug, And I physically felt a manifestation of something when I hugged them. I'm going, what in the world? It was not a positive manifestation. I literally could feel when I hugged them just this, I can't even explain it. It just, I felt a manifestation of something at the time. I didn't know what it was. Now, they were smiling, and they hugged me. But I started praying about it, and I said, Lord, what in the world am I feeling? He said, you were feeling a manifestation of a critical spirit. Now, most people don't really get to that point where it's that strong, where literally it's manifesting physically. I have never felt it since. I only felt it that one time on this individual. But now I know if I hug somebody, I feel it. I'm like, oh, Lord, I know what that is. Because that's how God works. He lets you feel something once that's to be a teaching and a training, a lesson, so now you know when something else similar comes along. When you're dealing with somebody and they're depressed and you feel certain manifestations coming off of them, well, if you feel it on another person, bingo, God's trying to give you some discernment. 
you're around somebody and they're high and you feel this this pulsating feeling coming on coming on you god's giving you discernment and wisdom of what kind of spiritual activity is going on right there and so he deals with all of us differently but he's not a god of confusion he's not the author of confusion so he's not going to try to mix you up with all these different experiences right and have you know got 10 people depressed and and it's all these confusing things no he wants you to know so you can address it and help this person right so anyway i i felt this and it just you know i love them i hugged them back but it just it kind of concerned me it, it made me feel uncomfortable and i prayed and i said lord you know <laughs> i sever whatever this is i'm feeling in jesus name and i was reading the scriptures uh, last week and I came across a verse that it was just like, bam, it just hit me. And it was in the Old Testament in the book of Proverbs talking about the scornful. And I'm going, man, I need to look into that. And the Lord immediately quickened my spirit and started showing me that is the biblical version of a critical spirit. The scornful, the mocking, the scoffer. Now, obviously, you know, scoffers can be those that just don't believe in God and they say, you know, they mock the things of God or they mock, you know, what the Lord is doing. Uh, and they, you know, it talks about it in one of the letters where uh, the Bible says that, you know, th there's mockers that say, we've been hearing you talk about he's coming back. Where, when is he coming? I haven't seen him yet. You know, there's mockers like that, that mock the word and mock Christianity. Now, sure. But there's also mocking or should I say scoffing or critiquing criticalness in the church. And the enemy knows that when he's got powerful people that are mightily used of God, he knows you're not going to walk in the counsel of the ungodly. He knows you're not going to necessarily stand in the way of sinners. So what he's trying to come for is your seat of authority. I said he's coming for your seat of authority. The Bible says in the book of Ephesians that we sit with him in heavenly places. Meaning we're supposed to sit with. That means when you go to prayer, you enter into the court of. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. The Lord wants me to talk about this. Please hear me in the spirit. You go into a place of prayer. You enter into the. The throne of grace, you can come boldly to the throne of grace. You can come into the place where God resides and where his spirit dwells and where he releases orders into the earth and where he releases his dominion. You can get into a connection and a walk with God where you enter your secret place and you start entering into that court of heaven. You start entering into the throne room. Where he's speaking, where he's releasing, where he's exercising his authority through you. And the Bible says you're supposed to be sitting with him. Because a seat in the scriptures represented like a king would sit in a, in a place, a throne that represented authority. Where he'd do business, where he would release his orders, where he would make decisions and judgments. But the scripture tells us, don't sit in the seat of the scornful. Yes. Yes. 
Because what the scripture is illuminating and revealing to us, my God, I feel the spirit right now. What he's revealing to us is that you will either sit in the seat of the critical and the scornful, running your mouth a tongue of trouble, running people down, or you'll be sitting in a place of authority and being prayerful rather than scornful. You can't be both. You can't be scornful and prayerful. You can't be. I got Bible for it. The book of James chapter 3 says. Says this. No man, verse 8, can tame his tongue. It's an unruly evil, full of deadly poison. With it we bless our God and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in the similitude of God. Out of the same Mouth proceed blessing and cursing, my brethren. These ought not to be so. Does a spring send forth fresh water and bitter from the same opening? Can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Thus, no spring yields both salt water and fresh. What is it when you get into the flow of the spirit and you begin to pray? The Bible says it's a spring that springs up into everlasting life where it brings salvation. It brings hope and healing that you have a spring inside of you. But the way that your spring gets bitter is when you get scornful. What? What's happening in this atmosphere right now is you are exercising spiritual authority, sitting with him in heavenly places. And I, I'm going to be honest with you. I think some of you, it, it took a little while to get there because your mouth has been more accustomed to scorning and critiquing. And so it took a minute to kind of to shift into the, okay, I got a loose life. <laughs> the problem is this, the scornfulness, the criticalness. The Bible says death and life are in the power of the tongue. And what Psalms chapter 1 is doing is it's giving you a contrast between death and life. Death is when you walk in the counsel of the ungodly. Death is when you stand in the way of sinners. And death is when you sit in the seat of the scornful. But life is when you walk in the counsel of the godly. It's when you stand in the way of the righteous, and when you seat, you sit in the seat of the prayerful. And that's when his authority is released through you. I believe that this not only is teaching us some things, I believe this, in, in the sense of what I'm talking about, I believe there's also application here of backsliding. I believe what happens most of the time is people, they get offended, they get frustrated. One of the first things they become is critical. They want to critique everything because the lens that they are seeing through is not one that's been repentant and submitted because they're angry, they're hurt, they're frustrated. And listen, offenses must come. It's okay if you get offended, just don't stay offended. <laughs> you will get offended. And if you have a lot of offenses, good. Maybe that means the Lord has brought you pretty close to him because those offenses are supposed to bring you closer to him and learn love and forgiveness. 
That's one of the greatest tests of the love of God is offense because the pinnacle of the love of God in the scriptures is Jesus on the cross. It's the love. The greatest manifestation of the love of God is forgiveness. Some of you didn't catch that. The greatest manifestation of the love of God that you can physically walk in is not buying somebody a meal. That's good. That's love. That's love. It's not saying, hey, brother, I love you. That's great. That's loving. But that's not the greatest manifestation. The greatest manifestation of love is what the cross revealed to us. That is, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. That was the greatest manifestation because you've got to dig a little deeper that your humanity does not have the ability or the willpower to love somebody that has wounded you. So you need the empowerment of the spirit. You literally need the love of God flowing through you. Your human love can say, I love you. Your human love can say, hey, let me uh, take care of, pick up that bill. Your human love can say, let me bring you to church. But God's love is loving those who persecute you, praying for those who despitefully use you. That is the greatest manifestation of love. And if you don't continue to forgive, then what begins to happen is you begin to get critical. And the seat you're sitting in is no longer a seat of exercising authority. It's a seat of loosing and speaking death. I'm trying to help you because the Lord's trying to help me. And I'm trying to share this with you. Listen, it was last week. I, I read that verse. It hit me. And the Lord was like, you need to, sh- you need to share this. And I'm like, well, I've never really studied all this out. <laughs> God, just, God doesn't really care. He's like, you're going to preach it. <laughs> you teach it. <laughs> But I started meditating and praying on it and studying a little bit today. And I started seeing what you see happen is you see somebody sitting. They're in church. They're sitting and they get a little frustrated. They get a little offended. I know I'm talking to leaders because this what I'm speaking is not just for people that came here two years ago. This is for every single person. I need this. You need this. We all need this. Because nobody's above criticism. Every single one of us have got to speak life. In fact, you all, it's even more, it's even more important when you've got people that you are leading where you're speaking life. But watch what it says. It says, if you read it backwards, it says, sit in the seat of the scornful. Then it says, stand in the way. Of sinners. To sin means to miss the mark. It means to be disobedient. He's literally showing you the process of of backsliding. You go from here, where you were once operating in spiritual authority, releasing the power of God, speaking, you're being very prayerful. But then offense comes, frustration comes. You see things differently than maybe the way things have gone. And where you were once being very prayerful, now you're becoming very scornful. And you start having a troubled tongue. If you even look up some of the other translations, it says a barbaric tongue. (laughs) It means you're speaking things that ought not to be said. It's running people down. It's hurting people. 
And the process is you're sitting there and you start disagreeing with some things and start seeing things differently or you're upset the way somebody offended you, somebody that you're either leading or someone you're under, someone that is leading you. And all of a sudden you get a little scornful. And then you start running your mouth and saying, well, I just don't agree with this or I don't agree with that. And where you were once loosing authority and praying and releasing things into the kingdom, now you're tearing things down in the kingdom in your seat. And the problem is if you keep letting that go on, you get frustrated enough, you go from being critical to now living in sin, where you're now standing and facing a certain way. You're now standing and you're facing a certain way because of your frustration. To the point where it has made you offended enough, frustrated enough, that you start walking in the ungodly, and that's how people start walking away. That's how they start walking away from truth. How in the world is somebody that was a preacher? How in the world that somebody that was a prayer warrior? How in the world did somebody that had so much authority operate in the spirit? And now they're walking with the ungodly. I'll tell you how. Because they first started sitting with the scornful. They started sitting and speaking things that ought not to be said. And it started losing death. And they never dealt with it. They never. Now listen, if you're sitting in the seat of the scornful and you're really critical, it's okay. This is why I'm speaking this message to give you hope to say, look, just start getting more prayerful and forgiving. And you can be sitting back in your rightful place of authority and releasing the kingdom of God in your life and in those around you. All it takes is repentance, bam. It takes admittance, saying, I've been doing this. I've been critical. There's a scripture, one of my favorite scriptures is in the book of Proverbs. I think it's 2819. It's like one of my favorite scriptures I never remember. 2813, I think. It says, he who conceals his sins will not prosper. But he who confesses and forsakes will find mercy and prosper. The key to repentance is admitting that you were doing something wrong. Admitting that you were being critical. Admitting that you were in the wrong. God is just looking for you to be honest. David was separated from a lot of other men in the scriptures because he was a man after God's own heart. And one of the main reasons he was a man after God's own heart is because he was very honest. He was very, very honest. He was not self-righteous. And he made some horrible decisions. But he was honest. And when he messed up, he went to God and said, I am so, I'm sorry. I'm so bad. I'm so dumb. I can't believe I did that. Forgive me. He not only confessed, he forsook. And some of us try to get through repentance by just forsaking something we haven't even confessed. You've got to be open and honest and say, I was this, I did this, Lord, I'm sorry, I confess I've been walking as a scornful person. And now I'm going to turn and I'm going to forsake tearing people down, running people down, speaking death, speaking this should change, that should change. It was in the scriptures also when Moses was leading that you had these three men that showed up. I think it was uh, Dathan and uh, Korah and I forget the other guy's name. Abayu, thank you. 
buy rum. <laughs> These three men started, hey, Moses, getting critical. They started, they stopped sitting in the seat of judgment that God had called them to sit in. And they started sitting in a place of, hey, we should be doing this differently. I'm not okay with this. I'm not okay with that. Tearing it all down. And it caused great division in the camp. It caused death. Because when you, God has given you a place in this kingdom, he needs you to exercise it to bring life and not death. Out of the same fountain, you can't have the fresh, sweet water and bitter. And I believe that we are on the precipice of some tremendous, powerful things. And God is calling us to step into a place where we're releasing his kingdom. You have to understand, and I'm not going to go much longer than this. The reason you were filled with the Holy Ghost when you came into the kingdom. A lot of people think that the reason they got the Holy Ghost is so they can make a really cool sound. And then they join a really awesome church. That, that's so far from what God's really trying to do through you and in you. The reason that he brings you into the kingdom through, and the Bible says, when they received the Holy Ghost, they spoke with other tongues. You want to know why he chose tongues? It's really simple. Because the whole kingdom operates on speaking. And the way you enter the kingdom is through speaking. And the way that you stay in the kingdom is you keep speaking. There are people that come into the kingdom, receive the Holy Ghost, they start speaking, and all of a sudden they go, I have arrived. And God's going, I literally gave that to you to give you a taste of what you're supposed to be doing every single day. I gave you a taste of what you're supposed to be releasing all the time. But here's the problem. The Bible tells us that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And the Bible says that the tongue no man can tame. Well, if the tongue no man can tame, then who can tame it? The Spirit of God. That's what tongues is. That, is. that is the last and final part of you surrendering. Because your heart is directly connected to your mouth. And when you start speaking in tongues, it is fruit and evidence that you've yielded. But the problem is people yield for an experience rather than yielding for a lifetime. And what God is looking for is for people to be yielded every single day, not just when they come out of the baptismal tank. And he gives us tongues to be power, to be authority, to be, to be a gift, to be used, to operate in his kingdom. The enemy knows maybe he can't necessarily get you to live ungodly. Maybe he can't get you to even fall into sin. But what he will attack and come for more than anything is your ability to speak into the kingdom. And one of the chief ways he does that is through a critical spirit, through critical voices, through trying to get you to accuse and speak. The problem is that the way that the devil operates is the same way that God operates. He just imitates it. It's through preaching, through teaching, through encouragement, speaking life preaching the gospel, you, that's all speaking. That's how the kingdom moves forward, through speaking. But remember how sin entered into the world. Satan, through the serpent, started speaking. And Eve started listening. 
rather than speaking back to the very thing she had dominion over. God told Adam and Eve, I've given you dominion over the beasts of the field, the fowls of the air, and the fish of the sea. That covered all of them. And the very thing she had dominion over is the very thing she was listening to. And the two chief ways that he was operating in the garden is the same way he operates now, through temptation and accusation. And those both come through speaking, the media, the news, the Netflix, temptation, their voices of temptation, voices and images of temptation, temptation, temptation. It's speaking trying to get you to submit to the wrong voice. It's the wrong preacher. And so if the kingdom operates off of speaking and he can't get you to live in sin, he will primarily try to get you to live with a critical, offended spirit in the church. Because he's coming after this. I'm going to preach a message one day. <laughs> I, might, I might have some people kind of, well, when I explain it, they'll, they'll get over it. But <laughs> I'll preach a message one day called the dumbest generation. And I'm not talking about this talking about this because when Jesus was dealing with the devil that the 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 man said my son is deaf and dumb and Jesus said come out you spirit of you, you perverted spirit I rebuke you the devil wants so hard to try to keep you from hearing and to keep you from speaking and he's trying to make this generation that is the smartest generation intellectually, talent-wise, most gifted generation. He's trying to make us the dumbest when it comes to speaking with authority. Now, that might come by just trying to get you to be intimidated. But if he can't intimidate you, he'll try to get you to be critical. If he can't get you to be intimidated and to be tempted, he'll try to get you to become an accuser of the brethren just like him. I feel like some people, some light bulbs went off and went, wait, that's in the Bible. It is. And that's what, that's what scorning is, accusing, critiquing, accusing. Satan is the accuser of the brethren. Be very careful. Jesus had to rebuke Peter because he said, you don't desire the things of God. Get behind me, Satan. He wasn't saying that Peter was literally Satan. He was saying, Peter, you're being influenced by Satan. And so the scornful are those that are being influenced by a spirit they don't even realize because they stopped speaking with authority and started speaking death. They stopped speaking and they started listening because of their frustration, their offense, their irritation. And it caused them to stop speaking in prayer and start speaking death through criticalness, scorning, mocking, you fill in the blank. God needs this body to step up and sit in your seat of authority like never before and speak to the mountain and command it to be moved. But you can't speak to the mountain while you're busy speaking about your brothers and sisters. You can't speak to the mountain when you're busy 
running down leadership. You can't speak to the mountain when you're busy tearing down your followers. You can't speak to the mountain if you are saying things in the spirit that is going to bring death. Because out of that same mouth is not going to flow blessing and cursing. It won't work. It's going to ultimately bring death. When I receive the Holy Ghost, the Bible says out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. That's my heart crying out for God when I begin to receive the Holy Ghost. Also, what happens is it's submission. The last and final submission. The tongue is an unruly evil. No man can tame. Only God can tame it if you let him. If you yield and submit to the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God will be praying through you. But here's the other thing that I really want you to understand as I come to a close. The reason we receive the Holy Ghost is not just submission. It's not just a connection, relationship. It's also power. Jesus said you will be endued with power from on high. And once you're endued with power, you can be witnesses. But they could not be endued with power until they received the power and started sitting in the rightful place of authority by praying in the Holy Ghost and loosing the kingdom of God in the earth in Acts chapter 2. Once they started sitting in that seat, having that power, and they could release his words into the earth because he had taken control of their tongue, they flipped the world upside down. The kingdom of God operates off vibration. Words are what makes the kingdom go round. The Bible says that the worlds are framed by the spoken living voice of God. If you want to see a harvest in your community, if you want to see a harvest in this church, it's not going to be just because you hope for it or you think about it. It's going to be because you speak it. But you cannot be speaking it if you're too busy speaking about those other things. What world are you framing? I'm speaking to leaders. I'm speaking to Oikos leaders. I'm speaking to elders. I'm speaking to every single person, young people. I'm speaking to everybody under the sound of my voice. I'm speaking to myself. What world are you framing in your seat? What world are you framing? Because whatever you're speaking is directly correlated to the world you're framing. The church was birthed because the apostles obeyed and preached. They released the right words. The church was birthed because of the right words being released. The fall of man was because the wrong words were listened to, believed, and obeyed and spoken. Isn't it funny how... The serpent started accusing them, and then they started accusing each other. (laughs) That's how it works. We hear the accusations, and then we turn around, and we start accusing. But accusing is no different than being sitting in the seat of the scornful. God, I hope you feel challenged and you understand my heart and what I'm trying to communicate. But what we just experienced in this atmosphere was so powerful. It was dominion, it was authority, angels were loosed because you all were sitting in your rightful place of authority. But I'm afraid that before you came in here, maybe the things that were flowing out of your mouth in your seat were different words. And my challenge is to you, let's speak in the seat as a prayerful person.
Let's sit in our seat with God in heavenly places, loosing his kingdom into the earth, not tearing down his kingdom through a critical spirit, but loosing his kingdom by a prayerful spirit in heavenly places. We could all stand. Scripture says in Proverbs 22, verse 10, cast out the scoffer and contention will leave. Yes, strife and reproach will cease. If you've got a critical spirit, you're constantly accusing people, constantly frustrated with the way things are being run. Don't be surprised if you have tremendous contention in your life strife and reproach god is saying if you will cast out get rid of that spirit get it out of your spirit those contentions will cease and there's going to be more of a flow of peace in jesus name let's lift our hands lord i pray in the name of jesus christ that by the authority of the word and by the power that's in the name of jesus christ that you'd lose a peace upon this body that you'd lose a love upon this body, that you'd lose a desire and a hunger upon this group tonight, these leaders, these saints, to sit in the seat of authority as a prayerful person and not a scornful person. God, we don't want to see people walk away in the counsel of the ungodly because they didn't deal with the scornful spirit and they didn't deal with the rebellion and the offense. But God, I... I ask in this place right now that by the authority of your word that you'd begin to bring to mind, Lord, revelations and ideas and thoughts and experiences and situations where you can bring it to our minds so that we can repent maybe over the different people we've been frustrated about and we can repent over the different circumstances that we keep talking about and we can repent over what we've been speaking about in our seats. God, I pray that you'd help us to confess and forsake those things so that we can sit in the place in heavenly places with you in authority, releasing your kingdom into the earth. By the authority of the word of God, Lord, help the seed that's been released and the seed that has been planted to find a, a lodging place in our spirit, God. Lord, that you would break up the fallow ground, that you would get rid of the stones of offense, that you'd get rid of the thorny uh, the, the riches of this life and the lust of the flesh, that you get rid of those things, God, that would trip us up and try to cause us to walk with a critical spirit, to walk with a scornful spirit. In the name of Jesus Christ, I give you glory and I give you praise. And Lord, I pray that you just water the seed and Lord, that it bring forth much fruit. In the name of Jesus Christ, in Jesus' name, praise God, praise God. Well, we love you all very much. Um, I want you to remind you that we've got the Harvest Social um, flyers up here. So invite people to that. And let me just say again, as we come to a close, be looking for divine appointments. I know we kind of had two sessions tonight, but that's what the Lord wanted to do. Look for divine appointments. And let's make sure we're sitting in the seat of the prayerful. Love you all. God bless you. Have a good night in Jesus' name.